T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Good morning, baseball people, on a Saturday morning, like every Saturday morning. It is inside the clubhouse right here on 670 to score with me, Matt Spiegel, and him, Bruce Levine. Good morning, Bruce. What's happening, man? Good morning, Matt. Yeah, it's great to be talking baseball. Great to see the sunshine. Great to have some hope going forward with uh, the idea that uh, the government and uh, states and cities are now hopefully talking about uh, down the road, opening things up a little bit. Uh, you know, we're, we're here still in Chicago, being hit hard uh, right now, and our prayers and thoughts go out to all the uh, families that have lost uh, loved ones and have them sick right now, so we're, we're with you, uh, with the score, you know, strong, strongly behind you as well, but in the meantime, you know, we're listening to the sports, we're listening to uh, the government, and we're, we're hoping that uh, things like baseball and sports will continue and start up again sometime in the next month or two. Yeah, you know, as always, there are different reports and different ideas, and some are just ideas and things being floated, but there is some legit progress, and it's weird to to look at the peak of a disease or the possible peak of a disease as progress, but that's the truth as I break out my amateur epidemiologist hat uh, that, you know, I like to wear, Bruce. Um but it, it, you know, the cases are, are, are moving slower as they build, and that is what the mayor and the governor consider progress. And you've got all these different states now kind of trying to figure out when to possibly reopen the economy and what that will mean for sporting events. It's, uh, it, 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 it's very interesting. I guess, I guess the most concrete thing we got this week is from Dr. Anthony Fauci on uh, on Good Luck America, that that chat that he did the other day. But before we even talk about that, tell people what's going on today, because we have three guests and I'm really looking forward to talking to all of them. Right, Matt. And, and that is our job. It's to entertain you and inform you with uh, baseball, sports and hope. And uh, we will have three excellent baseball people on today. Jim Deshaies, uh, the color analyst for uh, Cub Baseball and Marquee Network will be joining us at 9.30, 10 o'clock. Rick Sutcliffe, the Red Baron, will uh, uh, join us from ESPN, also part of Marquee, new uh, 
new network. And at the bottom of the uh, 10 o'clock hour at 10.30, uh, Chicago's own president of baseball operations for the Washington Nationals, Mike Rizzo, will be joining us. And give us, uh, hopefully, some uh, inside uh, information on what's going on as far as what the general managers, front offices are being told. I don't expect Matt to get a ton from him on that because uh, every executive I've talked to in the past few days and last week and 10 days pretty much are, you know, other than in planning stages, once things get going, uh, are clueless as to any start time, just like everybody else's. There is no pinpointed start time at this point. So what they're looking forward to is making preparations uh, to be ready if they indeed are told to go to Arizona or told to go to my, uh, Florida and be ready with your staff and, and 50 players. Uh, they're still in those modes. I, I think the most active people that I've been able to talk to, uh, Matt, are traveling secretaries because nothing gets done without traveling secretaries. <laughs> they are the lifeblood of every baseball and sports operation and their, their roles are so key because they're the ones that have to prepare for hotels, housing, transportation, uh, families traveling up and back, uh, you know, food, um, you know, the operations of, of the facilities and who's in there. It's an, an enormous, enormous job. So um, those are the people that will be getting information and working their very hardest right now as they prepare for many different models that are being talked about by Major League Baseball. Well, and when when and if they get marching orders, that's when you know things are really serious, when they're actually having work to do and, you know, and, and research and, and some booking. So it's interesting. You're giving away some some secret sources there in the industry, Bruce. I, I don't. Yeah, well, we're supposed I, to do that here. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, there, there's a tie-in to Mike Rizzo with Dr. Anthony Fauci, um, as, as I had referenced before we talked about the guest, because Dr. Fauci's a Nationals fan. We learned that this week. He said he's a big Nats fan, and it's like he wants to see them as much as anybody. And he talked about it. He said that there's a way of doing sports, that nobody comes to the stadiums, put athletes in big hotels, wherever you want to play, keep them very well surveilled, but have them tested like every week, make sure they don't wind up infecting each other or their families, and just let them play the season out. And he went on to talk about how that is not ideal as a fan, but he wants to see it. Do you think most fans would would accept it? And then, you know, had some of the conversations that, we, that we've had and will continue to have. But the fact that he put, um, he put parameters on it and, and talked about it as a, as a possible thing is sort of... It is, it, I guess, is the most most concrete thing we've heard from a top scientific and and health official about how this this might happen. Um, at the same time, though, we have the California governor and others in California saying that they don't expect any big sporting events for the entire calendar year of 2020. So that's pretty scary in in and of itself. Yeah, well, well. you know, again, a state's right versus a government's uh, power and suggestions. We're going to see that battle. That's that's the number one sporting event out there right now. You know, the Fed against uh, the states. That's that's the interesting sidebar that's going on right now. Uh, There is Mm. baseball that we can talk about, Matt. And the Korean Baseball League has begun play. And uh, Molly and Haw yesterday, 
had an interesting guest on. Uh, fill us in on, on what that was all about and uh, what we're going to be playing for them now. Yeah, Josh Herzenberg um, is a pitching coordinator and a quality control coach with the Korean baseball organization for the Lati Giants um, there in Korea. And Mully and Haw, it's a good angle, good thought, because a lot of us looking to some of these foreign leagues as to how they might, uh, how they are doing things and how that might um, impact and and affect and inform the way that Major League Baseball itself can do things if and when it gets rolling. So here's Josh Herzenberg, the pitching coordinator and quality control coach for the Lottie Giants with Mully and Haw. First off, talking about the way the games are being played and what it's like as they play these games in the Korean League without a crowd. I think the gameplay has been pretty normal. Um, we haven't had too many concerns with that. I think the, the really thing we've been focusing on a lot is the off-field things. You know, guys are obviously in close quarters in the clubhouse, um, interacting with a lot of different staff members throughout the day. And it's not like we live at the ballpark, right? We go home at night and we interact with our family and our friends outside of the ballpark. So um, I think the the worry has been less about the on-field nature of things and more about what's going to happen off the field. And so we're really trying to be cautious, you know, don't touch your face as much as possible or, you, you know, wear your mask when you're in public just to try to, you know, maintain some sort of level of, of comfort and care in that regard. So, um, yeah, the gameplay, I mean, if you were to tune into the Lotte Giants games or any of the other KBO games, it, it's going to look pretty much like a normal baseball game just without a crowd at this point. So it, 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 there's a lot of stuff that they're doing in terms of off the field, but on the field it pretty much looks like a normal game. The Korean Baseball League, Bruce, is in the middle of, uh, uh, of their exhibition, and on April 21 – is when they're going to be resuming that exhibition season without fans, and they want to start the regular season in early May. So that, that's yeah. what that's what's going on with the Korean Baseball League. And, right and, and this is, you know, this is a very essential thing that Major League Baseball and everybody should be looking toward as to how this model sets up. As uh, he continued uh, to talk to Mully and Haw yesterday, and and uh, set us up, Matt, for the next thing that he talked about. Yeah, this is really just on the experience of the games without fans. We have a stadium that's tens of thousands of seats, you know, similar to a big league park. And it's weird, like, being able to hear the crack of the bat echo. And it's weird to hear the chatter of the infielders. And, you know, the, the players do kind of thrive off the fan energy, especially here with Lotte. It's the fans. Have, we have a really passionate fan base who really get behind the team a lot, um, you know, historically. So it's definitely a weird thing. You know, we're trying to keep the players upbeat and positive. And, and you know, a lot of the guys, you know, we, we try to remind them, you know, hey, when you're playing in middle school and high school, you probably didn't have a lot of fans in the stands just like I did growing up. So, you know, we play because we want to compete. We play because it's fun. And, uh, you know, we understand that there's fans watching at home and, and hopefully they're tuning in and enjoying it. And, you know, hopefully eventually we can get back to normal where there are, you know, 30,000 screaming people around us. But for now, it's reality and we just have to work hard to, you know, understand what's going on. It's interesting. So Josh Herzenberg actually worked at Fangraphs uh, in recent years, worked in the Dodgers Amateur Scouting and Player Development Department, and uh, now got hired by the Latte Giants there in, uh, in, in Korea. So that's, that's his take on what it's like as of right now as he is watching yeah. the Latte Giants put together their, um, their exhibition season with an eye towards regular season KBO baseball in early May. Yeah, Matt, and he went on to talk about how the umpires are uh, have masks on and gloves as they go about their jobs. So uh, that dynamic of, you know, the catcher, hitter, and umpire um, is certainly going to be one talked about quite a bit because there won't be, you know, talk, talking about people that are have to be 
near each other during these experiences of playing on the field. Uh, that's, that triangle is, is the dynamic of people having the closest contact. So uh, it was interesting to hear him tell uh, Mully and Hall about that uh, yesterday, that uh, they're wearing gloves or they're doing everything they can to protect. Uh, but, you know, that contact is certainly what most people are most concerned about. The cultural differences between the USA and South Korea are massive, and it's part of why South Korea was able to flatten their curve so aggressively and be so far ahead of us, because there was quick intervention, there was widespread testing, and and if Jeff Passan had, had written about this this week, that when somebody tests positive, the government is authorized to use their cell phone and get their banking data to get a full accounting of potentially at-risk locations. So like they can immediately just come into your life and figure out where you've been and try to control it that way. That is not how we function as a, as a nation. You sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> have, have, you, have, least... you been, have you ever been hacked, Matt? Have, have any of your credit cards have been at risk where they had to send you a new one? Or well, look, said, hey, there's a charge here for $2,200. Are you sure you, you made this? Uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, uh, well, no, I, no, I no, no, it's a good it. point. It's a yeah. good point because now you got me thinking about those ads that show up on Google when it they, they seem related to something I like thought to myself and didn't even say out loud. And then there's the ad. So what the hell's going on, Bruce? Maybe yeah, I are have like two that. credit cards sent to me in the last two months from my uh, credit card company saying, we've noticed some uh, things going on in your accounts and we've decided <laughs> to change your account number. They didn't even call me first. One was really? my debit card. Yeah, one was my debit card and the other was, was one of my credit cards. And they, they just automatically sent it and said, hey, you have... And, and the reason I knew this so well is because I was away in spring training they did not inform me. All of a sudden, I start to use my debit card in Arizona, and it doesn't work. And it's like, you know, they sent me a, a debit card in the mail without any communication, nothing online, nothing on the phone. And all of a sudden, I'm out my debit card, you know, going to a local Bank of America and saying, well, I need another debit card because this isn't working. They said, well, you know, we have, uh, you have MasterCard in... Um, Illinois, we have we have a visa here, so we can't do it. So it, it, it turned out to be a whole mess. Anyway, wow. a little interesting, but not interesting enough to get us away from our baseball conversation. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I think it I think it was interesting enough uh, there for yeah. a little while. But I mean, this is this is the state of the world, uh, Bruce. Is that it, what where we are going for baseball news? It's it's fascinating. Um, MLB The Show, Carl Edwards Jr. got no hit twice in a row this week. I know you were all over that tournament when big, it began. Big surprise there. I'm very... Yeah. I've I know he was bad. upset in his uh, post-game interview. Um, I think he talked once and one time he wouldn't talk. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. And then, um, and then Jed Jerko and Colton Wong with a cornhole championship for the ages on Instagram. I can tell you that... Jed Jerko and the Jerko store called recently, uh, but Jerko is the king. He is the king of cornhole. I had no idea. There are trick shots. And then Colton Wong challenged him, and Jed Jerko won three in a row. So, mm -hmm. you know, in case you were wondering, that's what's going on. I was. And, with, uh, you know, I, I have some Stratomatic uh, games that I'm concerned about right now. And we're, you and I are going to play an all-star baseball game here as this carries on at some point. Well, I'll bring the uh, the game and... 
you know, we'll uh, sanitize the spinners and we'll be off on a, on a game of all-star baseball. And we will broadcast that and people will probably watch. Uh, 312-644-6767 is the phone number. People can call in and talk about this. Uh, uh, baseball games without fans, um, edging closer to a reality. If indeed we get baseball, it's almost certainly going to be without fans. What is that like? This is Matt in River North who uh, calls often and we appreciate it and is now on Inside the Clubhouse with me, Matt, and him, Bruce. What do you say, Matt in River North? How are you? Hey, good morning, fellas. Um, this is my take. Let's say they do start this and whenever it starts. And how much meaning are these games really going to have? You know, I mean, if you're, I'm, a, I'm an avid Cubs fan. Um, how, how much are the guys really going to be into it? Are they just playing because they have to to get paid? Um, it, you know, will it be? It won't be the same, that's for sure. I mean, and, you know, it'll be a different schedule. Uh, it's not going to be a normal routine for them. I mean, you know, even if the Cubs win, well, I, I don't think I'd get the same satisfaction yeah. out of them winning as I would under regular circumstances. Matt, uh, Matt and Matt, um, perspective is what I ask here, okay? And Matt, uh, the caller, perspective means some baseball is going to be better than no baseball. Um, some uh, energy watching uh, teams play each other is going to be better than none. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be, yes, they're going to play for money, but they already play for money. That That's a big part of professional sports and, and why they play the game. They love the game. They're great at it. But uh, they happen to be both the worker bee and the product, uh, twofold when it comes to uh, athletes who get paid uh, to entertain us. So I, I think, uh, you know, I just say, hey, bring it on. I'm, I'm interested in something other than uh, binging on Netflix at this point. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely... I'm definitely ready for it. I know that it will be different. I know that it would be odd. And I'm sure that some people would have emotional, visceral reactions to seeing it and feeling it without fans that would be bad. And there have been those who say that the game will not be presenting itself in its best light. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that may be true, but the game needs to be presented. People need it. People want it. There's obviously economic incentive to getting it out there and getting some some television money, some broadcast money for for all these entities. And uh, and, and I think there's going to be a lot of players who who want to play. I, I guess the question is, Bruce, will the will the super agents get involved and what will be best for the the rank and file players? And is that the same that's best for the big money players who, as we know, tend to rule these kind of negotiations of any kind? Is it going to be better for the the Chris Bryants and Mookie Betzes of the world to play a little or not to play in terms of service time and all of that? Do you have a window into what that situation is going yeah, to be I mean, like? Uh, I mean, they're, they're good questions. Uh, we, don't, we don't have much in the way of understanding what the answers will be. But I, I do think, you know, the whole dynamic of the game, uh, you know, this will be, in my opinion, looked at as some form of an exhibition season, no matter how it shakes down. Because I think they have great opportunities here to uh, work with some things, uh, you know, as the universal DH, uh, as miking. I think it's going to be necessary, almost uh, essential, to be miking players uh, with with no play, with no fans and stands. So. I, I want to hear from the players and how they're 
how they're dealing with this competition and get more up and up close and personal in baseball players, something that's been lacking uh, by the, uh, the the both sides of Major League Baseball and the Players Association, not getting these people out there as personalities. And how many times have we talked about it? How many times have we we heard the idea that baseball uh, lacks personality, lacks being able to get the message out there that their players are fun and interesting? This is going to be a great opportunity for them to to bring up that side of it without fans and stands and 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 to be able to have players communicate to people as they play the game. I think there's there's a lot of positives that can be picked up from this, and hopefully Major League Baseball and the Players Association are creative in the way they present Major League Baseball in 2020. You know, minor league baseball, Bruce, is not, uh, is not in the same kind of situation as MLB is. The people that I've talked to have said that MLB has a chance to break even or maybe a little bit under but really close without any tickets or concessions because the tv deals will carry them and of course minor league baseball does not have that that luxury um will there be a minor league system of any kind in place for major league teams if they play uh, a season have not heard that yet it's a good question for mike rizzo who will be joining us the general manager and president of the Nats at the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour. I don't know if he'll have the answer for it, but I can tell you, Matt, that uh, you know minor league baseball, the form that that takes and whether or not minor league operators will be able to even function anymore, whether they'll be able to even uh, afford to, to open their ballparks. Uh, my guess is that uh, the, 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 uh, the different parks that uh, are used for minor league complexes for all for, for all their teams, all the teams in Major League Baseball, and uh, their spring training homes will be the place where most of their minor leaguers are kept and work out and play inter-squad games with each other if allowed so that you have a feeder system. You must have a feeder system. You start the season with, let's say, a 30-man roster. Let's say they expand it by four. When people start uh, getting hurt, and that's automatic and maybe even more so, uh, you know, in a shortened season with uh, less time to prepare. Uh, where are these players going to come from? They're going to have to be playing some type of competitive baseball to be ready to come in and replace players who get injured. So uh, that, that's another facet of this that they're going to have to face going down the line here is how do we keep our young players playing? Where do they play at and what competitive level will they be at? when we need them to play at the major league level. And from those minor league teams' perspectives, they can't survive without fans and concessions as businesses. This is no part way. of the issue that, that gets talked about all the time in terms of the relationship. They need, their, they need people there, and they need, they need concessions and, and all of that. So if that's yeah. not going to be in place, I don't know that, that those teams will exist. Maybe you'll have an extended spring training at the spring facilities where the the ball clubs themselves are picking up the bill and you'll have, uh, you know, a, the equivalent of a AAA roster down there um, in Arizona, in Florida, working out, hitting a little bit, pitching a little bit and getting ready to come up for what will certainly be expanded rosters in any event. Right. Where yeah. We could look we yeah. could we could be seeing what a 35 person roster, something like that for these little seasons. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, you just, I mean, Andrew Berlin, who uh, owns the South Bend team, they do such a fantastic job there, Matt. I don't know if you've ever been to a game for the South Bend Cubs, but it's it's fantastic uh, the way they, a beautiful facility in a uh, in a great town in South Bend. And, uh, you know, who, you know, how, how would, how would he be able to open the doors, uh, uh, you know, as far as a baseball team out there without concessions, which is the lifeblood of, of every minor league team. You know, you have to, you have to sell X amount of concessions and bring X amount of people in the ballpark to break even or make a profit in minor league baseball. So how do, how does that function? I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be, and will major league baseball teams be able to even supplement, you know, their minor league affiliates, uh, which which isn't normally done except for you know paying the player contracts. Other than that, yeah. uh, you know, it's up to the minor league operator. And how are they going to go about, uh, you know, that in a uh, in a, a truncated form of a season for minor league baseball as well? So there's there's a lot of different elements involved, but the feeder system is so important, so essential in baseball as far as not only getting players up there to be able to compete and replace injured players, but the continued development of minor league players uh, and where, where is that going to take place? So a lot of questions to be answered. Unfortunately, we don't have all those answers, but we're going to try to get some of them solved today. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really sad. I mean, we've seen so many last I saw even a week ago, it was 17 million new unemployed people in this country over the last few weeks. I'm sure that number is much higher as of today. And I would not be surprised if we saw mass foldings of minor league teams, which was being talked about in terms of contraction in an uncomfortable conversation. And now just the state of the the national economy and people not going out. I think a lot of those teams and uh, are going to be in trouble. And that's um, that's really sad for a lot of small towns and for a lot of ballplayers and a lot of a lot of workers, a lot of young broadcasters, and things like that. It's uh, it's treacherous right now uh, to think Jim, about. Jim, Jim Deshays, the color analyst on Cub Baseball and the Marquee Network, will be joining us in our next segment, the top of the next hour. We'll talk to Rick Sutcliffe, former Cub star and icon, and ESPN broadcaster, marquee contributor as well. And that bottom of the hour, uh, Mike Rizzo, the GM president of the Washington Nationals, and you at 312. 312- 644-6767. Text Matt at 670-11. This hour on 670 The Score is brought to you by Team Hochberg. Visit their new website, 56david.com. That's 56david.com. Back with Jim Deshays and conversation about baseball rolls on on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
We've been toying around here. KB hasn't hit a home run yet since he's come off the disabledness. We've hinted at it. You calling it? Calling it. He's going deep right here. This at bat. Jim Lachaise has called it. No more hints, no more begging, no more hoping. We're just going to make it happen. It to be his 12th. It's kind of fun doing the whole future home run call. Call it, J.D. Go, baby. Get out of here. You called it. It's been a pleasure knowing y'all. My career is over. Mic drop. Mic drop. J.D. has left the booth. Five to nothing in the eighth. There's really nowhere to go after that. I'm not sure why you would continue to do anything after you've had that moment. Called a home run. Yeah, right. Straight, straight there. Uh, we can ask him uh, why he has continued to uh, to work in our industry. It's a 670 The Score. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse. I'm Matt Spiegel, and he is Bruce Levine. And our next guest joins us on the Al Pomonte Ford Hotline. Bruce? Jim Deshays, the great color analyst on the Marquee Sports Network, uh, nice enough to give us some time on a Saturday morning. Good morning, Jim. How are you? And uh, why didn't you just retire and go straight to <laughs> Gentlemen, I've got nothing but time. Um, well, <laughs> because a man's got to have a problem. He's got something to do when he wakes up in the morning. Um, yeah. And you need compensation in this world. And, you know, frankly... You sling enough darts up there, and sooner or later you're going to hit the bullseye. And betting on Chris Bryant to hit a home run is not like, you know, betting on me to win a 100-yard sprint. <laughs> Matt, uh, uh, Jim uh, joins us uh, today on a beautiful day in Chicago. I hope it's uh, improving weather and where you're at uh, as well, Jim. But uh, right now, you know, we're, we're struggling to uh, still – try to determine what baseball might look like in 2020. And uh, we got some uh, hope from Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, this week about possible openings in his mind down the line. And uh, uh, Rob Manford speaking about this sport itself. What, what are your, uh, what are your thoughts at this point in time? Yeah. You know, I think, I think the commissioner is, is saying all the right things. You know, he came out and said, you know, these are ideas that are not necessarily plans. Everything is, is based on uh, what, what the data and what the scientists tell us. So, you know, they're being smart about it. Uh, I was encouraged with Dr. Fauci's comments that, you know, he, he kind of bought into the Arizona plan or maybe the Arizona slash Florida plan uh, where you could kind of uh, quarantine players and, and have some semblance of a season using all those spring training sites. So I, I think it's possible. Um, it still feels like a long shot. Um, you know, we, we just have to get up to speed on the testing, um, and there has to be, you know, some confidence um, that they're going to be able to keep pe- people healthy uh, throughout this. And then the other part of it is too. I think if you don't bring families, if they if they go with this plan, that's going to be a deal breaker for the players. I, I just don't see the players buying in to you know three, four months, whatever it is, while leaving their families at home in a uh, somewhat uncertain, scary situation. Jim, what would be too few games for you? I'm, I'm on record as as being open to whatever kind of shortened regular season can enable us to have a playoffs, um, a, a, you know, a full playoff system. And, and I'd be open 
to, you know, I think Tom Verducci wrote about a possible 43 game plan just oh. to have in the back Ooh. pocket of MLB. I know, but, uh, but, you know, to have some kind of plan in the back pocket just in case it gets, you know, restricted to that. And August is, is your realistic starting point. How few is too few for you to uh, make it worthwhile? Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know about the dollars and cents of it. Obviously, that would that would matter to everybody involved. Um, but from the fans' point of view, from just a baseball observer and somebody who wants to watch baseball, I'd be on board with just about anything. Uh, now, I think there gets to a point where uh, if if there's you know if the schedule is limited so much, I don't know that I'd feel comfortable crowning a World Series champion and putting their name on a trophy with every other team that has earned a World Series title um but having said that i would be on board with you know anything that we could put on tv for fans to watch that's live uh and and real baseball uh, even if the end result is not crowning a world series champion i mean i'd be in favor of a you know a march madness style tournament um and maybe instead of single game elimination teams play uh, you know a best of five or something like that in advance and you know if we could just give baseball fans you know, six weeks of baseball entertainment, uh, I'm on board. Obviously, the, the, the better scenario is you play, you know, 80 to 100 games, and, and it feels more like a regular baseball season, and then you could kind of legitimately crown a champion. But if you aren't able to pull that off, I'd say, you know, do anything, whether it's kind of like the, you know, the, the World Baseball Classic concept or a tournament or anything that puts mm-hmm. live baseball on the air for, for fans to enjoy, I'm on board with. I don't know how you even get pitching ready for something like that. And you're a, a seasoned uh, major league pitcher for many years. I mean, I just don't know how the, how, how you even prepare for for a, you know a 40 game season or anything like that. And the injury factor to me would be the you know that would that would be the the thing that I would worry most about in in a shortened season where if you have a hundred games and it's a, a quote unquote legitimate season. It, you can stretch people out. You can uh, take your time developing them. With a with a shortened season like a 40 or 50 game, you you know it's just like you know you're going to get Max Scherzer for two or three innings every start, and that's going to be it. So it won't even well, look like it, like the <clears throat> game itself. But but conversely, what may create the need to have a shorter season is a longer time to get guys up to speed so they're ready to compete. So if you, you know, if you argue that you want to have a hundred game season, but you don't have a a big enough window of time, you might rush guys back to get ready and risk injury that way. Whereas if you go, well, we're going to play fewer games, but we're going to take longer to get ready. um, I think there's, you know, a chance where you could kind of, you know, possibly prevent injuries doing that. And the other part of it for me too, Bruce is, uh, yeah, there's a chance that it doesn't look like baseball as we know it and starters are only pitching three innings at a time. Um, but it still would be, you know, competitive baseball with real baseball players with something on the line, whether it's a World Series or just a, hey, you won the tournament and uh, folks got to sit in their living rooms and mm-hmm. and look at green grass and sweaty guys <laughs> run around a baseball field. You know, <laughs> I think there, there, there may be some value in that. Can you guarantee me the sweaty guys? Well, I guess there's other websites I could go to. There's there's other channels I, I could watch. If you're watch. in Arizona and Florida in, uh, in, back, in August, <laughs> yeah, we're going to have plenty of sweaty guys. 
Plenty of sweaty guys. Um, three of them on occasion right here on 670 The Score. Yeah, Verducci's plan, guys, um, calls for 80 days from opening day to game seven of the World Series or whatever they would end up calling it, 80 days. And it would be 43 games. And let's say the Yankees would play 29 of their 43 games essentially locally. You know, New York, Philadelphia, Boston, Baltimore, D.C., um, you know, that kind of thing. And and this is a, as a, as the world tries to recover from the pandemic and minimize travel, this kind of thing. And then the expanded playoffs would come in. And I know I know a lot of people hated those expanded playoffs when they came out. But like this is the year. And Bruce, you were mentioning this earlier. If it's going to be weird, go ahead and, and get all the weird in with one fell swoop, you know, get get all the weird stuff in. And, uh, and, and since it's going to be an asterisk uh, season anyway, Jim, it, it seems like you're more open to uh, these kind of concepts than, than some others. And damn it, I appreciate it. Yeah, well, I mean, again, I, I'm open to it um, just in terms of the entertainment value of putting live baseball on the air. Um, so, again, depending on the number of games you play and how you format it, um, they, they may not, we may not crown a, a World Series champion. Um, but, you know, players will get play, paid. Uh, TV stations will, you know, be able to put something on the air and generate some revenue. Uh, but, but most importantly, uh, fans will have, have, have something to, to, to watch and, and get excited about on, on some level uh, other than watching, you know, replays of old World Series and classic games and things of that nature. You mean real baseball. Yeah. And, and people will have something <laughs> to gamble on, by golly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The gambling is taking its its own backseat to this uh, pandemic as well. Jim Deshaies joining us for a few more minutes and inside the clubhouse. Matt Spiegel, Bruce Levine, every Saturday for you from 9 to 11 o'clock, just talking baseball and concepts of baseball like we are with Jim Deshaies. Jim, uh, Matt and I were talking about the minor league system, minor league baseball, uh, the feeder system of how to get players the major league level, that's a whole different uh, issue altogether. Uh, how do you, how in your mind would uh, you have any form of players uh, from your minor league system getting ready, uh, probably assuming that uh, minor league games and minor league uh, facilities may never open this year? Yeah, that, that's, that's another wild card, and I haven't really given it a lot of thought. I think uh, the only thing that might work, and, and again, you know, every – Everything is with the caveat of, of, you know, safety and health. But if we get to a point where, you know, we're comfortable bringing major leaguers into Arizona or Florida or resuming play in their home cities, um, maybe minor league players can go back to their spring training facilities. Mm-hmm. You know, you've seen all the complexes now with the multiple diamonds. Um, so, right. you know, it, it might not be the Toledo Mud Hens versus the, uh, you know, Rochester Red Wings or something like that. But, it, uh, you know, kids could you know, play games against, you know, their own players within the organization, or you could bust some guys across town from the other minor league sites and, and play games throughout the day and, and, and get their work in. And you now whether you could bring all your minor leaguers in, or if you'd only go double AA, A, triple uh, A, that I don't know. Cause you have the issue of housing them too. It's one thing to put up a, yeah. a major league club and their staff in a hotel, but, uh, you're talking about housing all these minor league kids somewhere too. That that would become an issue as well, and um, you know it would be fairly costly. And and, and that 
that's not going to generate any revenue. But um, there'd be important development time for these guys to get some work in. And it's not unlike the plan that was being floated around when they were talking about eliminating a bunch of minor league clubs, too, that there'd be more uh, instructional type stuff with, with players um, just working out at their spring training facilities and, and kind of advancing and developing that way. Yeah, I, I think that's going to end up being the, the fallout of this is that MLB is going to get some of what they wanted out of that. If they're footing the bill, they want a little more control and a little bit less of uh, some of the costs that don't seem to make sense in terms of development as they look at the bottom line, for better or for worse. I, I Whenever I think about the minors, I think about like some of the great stories and experiences that people had. And Jim, refresh me because I've retold it, but I want to make sure I get it right about your famous teammate in the New York 10 league. You're in the Yankees system, and then this, this football guy shows up, and he treated you guys well. He treated you and your teammates well, if memory serves. Yeah, big John Elway in 82. And as a matter of fact, I saw we were going to have Ken Berry on tomorrow, yeah. I believe. Uh, yes, Ken sir. was the manager of that club, uh, the Oneonta Yankees in 1982. Um, he, was, he was my first manager, and John was you know, still a – uh, finishing out his football career at Stanford, but the Yankees drafted him and signed him. Um, George Steinbrenner thought that he could lure John away from uh, an NFL career. And uh, John, <laughs> you know, he told us that there was no way that was going to happen. So he had a very nice, nice lucrative summer gig playing in the New York Penn League for six weeks. And I think they gave him $150,000 or something like that to sign, which was pretty good change uh, back in the day. But yeah, there was, I think we had 14 guys living in a frat house. Um, kids that went to uh, Oneonta State, and we took over their frat house for the summer. And, uh, yeah, Big John would treat us to pizza and beer. and um, it, it, We'd go out and throw the football around in the driveway or the front, you know, on the road out in front of the house. <laughs> I remember catching the point of the football right in the, right in the chest, you know. Like, oh, I just couldn't get my hands ready in time. Yeah, he, he was a good player. He, he probably would have ended up being a Major League Baseball player. He, he had speed, he had power, and he had a pretty good arm, too. You know, uh, Matt and I will, uh, will uh, thank you again for joining us today. And also, uh, we will see you on the Marquee Sports Network on Monday, as Matt, uh, you and I will be a part of a panel with uh, Cole Wright on uh, the Marquee Network on their 360 show. Look, looking forward to that. Have a great weekend, and thanks again for joining us on Inside the Clubhouse, Jim. Uh, of course. Look look forward to seeing your mugs on Monday, fellas. Be well. Don't lie. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> and if, you, if you see any sweaty guys running across the grass, you let us know quickly. All right? Will do. Thank you. That's, that's Jim Deshays right there. And, yeah, Bruce uh, speaks the truth. Marquee Sports Network does Cubs 360 every day. airs at 6 o'clock, and uh, I'm on it every once in a while. And, Bruce, you are on it a lot. And, uh and it, I'll see you on Monday. So I think it'll be my second or second Monday in a row. I get to be on it. Looking forward to it. That's for sure. Um, coming up the top. Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. All right. Well, coming up at the top of the hour, um, it's going to be Rick Sutcliffe, and uh, looking forward to that conversation very much. And uh, and your old friend Mike Rizzo at 10:30. Absolutely, Matt. And uh, you're listening to the Score, the Six Seven The Score dot com. As Matt said, we'll be talking to you as well. Three one two. This is The Score at 670thescore.com.
It's inside the clubhouse. Matt Spiegel, Bruce Levine. Every Saturday from 9 until 11 a.m., Matt's having some issues with his line. So we will pick it up from here. I encourage you to join us on Inside the Clubhouse at 312-644-6767. We expect to talk to Rick Sutcliffe, the Red Baron, the iconic baseball player and star of the Cubs at the top of the 10 o'clock hour, the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour, the president and general manager of your world champion, Washington Nationals, Mike Rizzo, will be joining us for a gab session, as my old friend Chet Kopik would call it, who uh, we are celebrating uh, his life and his career uh, a year out. Uh, Chet Kopik passed away a year ago yesterday, so um, still... Um, Hurting from that one, but, um, you know, a great, great person, character in our business. The number 312-644-6767. Matt and I have been uh, talking at uh, full extent this morning. We talked to Jim Deshaies just a few minutes ago about the absolute possibility uh, of playing a truncated season that might be anywhere from 100 down to 43 games in one season. Wondering what your thoughts are, so uh, join in with that as well. Uh, you can text us when Matt's back up at 670, uh, 670 as well. And, uh, you know, my, my perspective on a, a shortened season, it, you know, it kind of goes up and back because, you know, you want what you want in baseball. You want your full season. You want your baseball the way that you're accustomed to it. But we're living in times right now where uh, nothing is the same. And we, we must get used to the fact that things are going to be different in our everyday life as well as in baseball, basketball, hockey, all the sports we know and love and miss dearly. So from all of that, from all of that, you know, I have to be open-minded enough to, to go, okay, 43 games the way Tom Verducci uh, puts it out in his plan of 43 games and an expanded playoff, that might, that might sound lousy to people like me and you, but it might be the only baseball that we can have in 2020. And uh, to say no to it or it doesn't make you uh, feel very interested in it, um, you know, how about thinking about another month of this without sports and, and what your attitude might be back, uh, you know, when we're looking back at this on May the 18th and where sports are at and whether baseball is in a some form of a spring training at that time. So we're interested in your opinion on it because this is about you, the great Chicago baseball fan at 312-644-6767. We're going to take a break, come back at the top of the hour. The Red Baron, the very best of the best in 1984 and a great guy and contributor to ESPN and Marquee Network, Rick Sutcliffe will join us on Inside the Clubhouse. This is 670thescore.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.